0: Hey, This is Robin's Reviews, episode 3, and it's February 2nd, 2018. So I'm in a little bit of a dilemma today, because it's Groundhog Day, so this was the day I have to have my episode about Groundhog Day out the door and published. But recently, I went down the street to this cool indie store that Sells, seems like everything under the sun, everything from kitchen appliances to pencils. And that's where I get all of my movies. It's this pretty cool store called Target. So then I went home and thought, well, I guess I just have to torrent the movie. But then I thought, hang on, downloading movies without paying for them is against the law. And I want to be a model citizen, so I won't do it. So I didn't. So I thought about what other stores I could go to. But then I realized I have places to be tonight. I don't have time to go running around to every store in town or wait for an Amazon order to get shipped or anything like that. But then I remembered that I watched this movie for class in high school 10 years ago. And I probably still have the homework I did where I wrote down some insightful thoughts about it and it turns out I do still have it and I have PowerPoint to thank because if this homework was done on a piece of paper there's no way I would still have it 10 years later but my high school had a history teacher who really liked assigning homework to be done by filling out PowerPoint slides and He wasn't just a history teacher. He also taught a bunch of random classes, including economics, urban planning, and film studies. So he was the one responsible for me writing my thoughts about Groundhog Day in PowerPoint. I also have similar files for the other movies I watched in that class, including Star Wars A New Hope, Thelma and Louise, Field of Dreams, E.T., and a few other classic movies, so maybe I'll discuss those on the podcast at some point. So, anyway, here are my 15-year-old self's thoughts about Groundhog Day. So there are a few different sections of this PowerPoint, and most of them are kind of uninteresting. There's a list of characters and a basic plot summary, because that's how high school students take notes. And there was a failed attempt at counting the days. It looks like I lost track during the time when Rita slapped him a bunch of times in a row. And each of those days flashes by just for a quick second. So I guess I'll never know how many days there actually were. The most interesting thing listed here is the way it relates to the Hero's Journey concept. Which, now that I think about it, was... A pretty big part of that film studies class. The Hero's Journey is a series of 12 plot points that is pretty common in story arcs and every movie that I mentioned that I saw in this class has a pretty good representation of it. And It's not an overdone trope just because it's common, it's common because it works and a work of fiction that doesn't have anything resembling it runs the risk of being pointless because it gives you a reason to really care about the characters and what happens to them. So the first step of the hero's journey is the ordinary world when the protagonist is just living his normal life before the adventure starts. And in the case of Groundhog Day, he is a weatherman. He doesn't particularly like it, he's sarcastic, a lot of his co-workers don't like him. He's a good weatherman, though, but he's just annoyed that he has to go on this pointless trip to Punxsutawney to report on the silly Groundhog Day festival. The second part is the call to adventure which, for Phil, is when he wakes up on the second day of Groundhog Day and realizes that it's the same day as it was before. Part three is refusal of the call, so that's when he doesn't believe that he's trapped in a time loop and keeps looking for reasonable ways to explain it, because, of course, Ridiculous, And he's right to be skeptical. The fourth part of the hero's journey is called meeting the mentor. And that doesn't apply super well in this case. But it refers to the time when he meets the drunk guys at the bowling alley on his third night. And they're not really mentors in the sense that they guide him throughout his journey. But they do help him realize that Nothing matters, and he can do whatever he wants. And that brings us to part five, which is called Crossing the Threshold. And that, for Phil, is when he believes them, and decides to go drive like a maniac and get arrested. And this is also the point when it changes from the beginning to the middle of the story, and he is fully inside of the so-called special world once he realizes that he can do anything he wants. The sixth part is called Tests, Allies, and Enemies. And that's just the general things that he does when he first gets into the special world. So in this case, it's learning about repetition and watching people to learn how to rob a bank and optimize his date and just exploit the world in general. Part seven is called Approach the Innermost Cave, which I think is a little bit too literal and specific for something that's supposed to be so widely applicable, but you can see what it's a metaphor for. So this is when he gets depressed and uh, starts to think he might never escape from the time loop and commits suicide multiple times. The eighth step is called the Ordeal, and that's when Phil realizes that he is stuck in the time loop because he's being kind of a bad person and he has to do his dharma to escape from it. So he realizes he needs to start looking for people he can help and good things he can do, not just exploit the world, but actually help it. Part 9 is called Reward, and for Phil that's when he starts doing all the right things and helping everyone. And it's kinda weird to call the act of helping people a reward, but it makes sense in the context that it's what he gained from the ordeal, which was realizing that helping people is the thing he's supposed to do. Part 10 is called The Road Back. This is the transition from the middle to the end, when he goes back from the special world to the ordinary world. So for Phil, this is the series of days when he learns to optimize helping people and doing good in the world, as opposed to previously when he was just optimizing his exploitation of the world. So this is the time when he learns to play the piano, looks around for as many people as possible who need help, maybe even plans his great Groundhog Day speech. Part 11 is called Resurrection, so for Phil that's when he wakes up and it's the next day and he realizes he finally escaped from his time loop. the last part, part 12, is called Return with the Elixir, and that's the last scene when Phil and Rita are together. They walk out of the hotel and they seem like they're really happy to be in Punxsutawney, And it shows that even after all that he's been through in the time loop, he came out a better person. So, in the end, it seems like it was worth it. So that's how 15-year-old me interpreted the hero's journey in the context of Groundhog Day. Thanks for listening to Robin's Reviews, and I hope you join me next time for the fourth episode when I will talk about the 2002 Super Bowl and how Tom Brady's first victory was affected by 9-11.